0: Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Before we get into today's reading, I want to apologize to anyone who didn't get yesterday's episode delivered on time. As I mentioned in my WhatsApp group, uh, the Buzzsprout, the podcasting site that hosts our podcast— uh, was the victim of a, a DDoS cyber attack that took down all of their systems and they had to contact federal authorities and uh, talk about things that you can't control and can't predict. Uh, this was something that interfered with the the publishing of my 100th episode. So it uh, looks like everything's back on track now, but uh, there still might be some delays or some glitches and uh, I th- and possibly even some other attacks, but I guess we'll see. Thankfully, all the episodes have been preserved and all the information is secure. So... That's good. Okay. Uh today's reading uh, is from a new letter, uh, letter number five, Seneca's letter number five, uh, subtitled On the Philosopher's Mean. And I you'll notice I skipped letter four. Uh letter four is a little bit too long for my taste right now. And uh letter five is actually more relevant to this week's Parsha and uh, Purim. So uh we'll we'll get to that uh this week. So here we go. And as always, I'll read I'll read the entire letter this first time through, and then we'll dissect it in the next couple episodes. I commend you and rejoice in the fact that you are persistent in your studies, and that putting all else aside, you make it each day your endeavor to become a better man. I do not merely exhort you to keep at it, I actually beg you to do so. I warn you, however, not to act after the fashion of those who desire to be conspicuous rather than to improve, by doing things which will rouse comment as regards your dress or general way of living." Repellent attire, unkempt hair, slovenly beard, open scorn of silver dishes, a couch on the bare earth, and any other perverted forms of self-display are to be avoided. The mere name of philosophy, however quietly pursued, is an object of sufficient scorn. And what would happen if we should begin to separate ourselves from the customs of our fellow men? Inwardly, we ought to be different in all respects, but our exterior should conform to society. Do not wear too fine, nor yet too frowsy, a toga. One needs no silver plate, encrusted and embossed in solid gold— But we should not believe the lack of silver and gold to be proof of the simple life. Let us try to maintain a higher standard of life than that of the multitude, but not a contrary standard. Otherwise, we shall frighten away and repel the very persons whom we are trying to improve. We also bring it about that they are unwilling to imitate us in anything because they are afraid, lest they must be compelled to imitate us in everything. The first thing which philosophy undertakes to give is fellow feeling with all men. In other words, sympathy and sociability. We part company with our promise if we are unlike other men. We must see to it that the means by which we wish to draw admiration be not absurd and odious. Our motto, as you know, is live live according to nature. But it is quite contrary to nature to torture the body, to hate unlabored elegance, to be dirty on purpose, to eat food that is not only plain but disgusting and forbidding. Just as it is a sign of luxury to seek out dainties, so it is madness to avoid that which is customary and can be purchased at no great price. Philosophy calls for plain living, but not for penance, and we may perfectly well be plain and neat at the same time. This is the mean of which I approve. Our life should observe a happy medium between the ways of a sage and the ways of the world at large. All men should admire it, but they should understand it also. Well, then, shall we act like other men? Shall there be no distinction between ourselves and the world? Yes, a very great one. Let men find that we are unlike the common herd if they look closely. If they visit us at home, they should admire us rather than our house- household appointments. He is a great man who uses earthenware dishes as if they were silver, but he is equally great who uses silver as if it were earthenware. It is a sign of an unstable mind not to be able to endure riches. And that's the end of the letter where I'm going to read. One thing I should mention is that in many of Seneca's letters, he concludes—he You know, he has a letter on, on a topic, one topic, and then he concludes— with an unrelated uh, saying or maxim from another philosopher. So I'm generally only going to read the uh, the first parts of the letters because the last part is, uh, is unrelated. Okay, so this is a perfect example of where we can ask the question, what is Judaism's stance on this? Uh, does Judaism agree or disagree and to what extent? Seneca's main message is that even though you should strive for philosophical perfection, uh, and there are certain external things that you should give up, you shouldn't go to either extreme. You shouldn't go to the extreme of asceticism or slovenliness, or or distancing yourselves from the ways of of, of common people. Nor should you be like them and uh, and and follow the common herd in uh, in all of their activities. So this makes me think of two halachos. The first one is the final halakha in the Rambam's. Hilchos Yisodia Torah, uh, Chapter Five, Laws of the Foundations of Torah, Chapter Five, uh, which is about hilch, uh, sorry, which is about kiddush Hashem and chilul Hashem, is sanctifying God's name and desecrating God's name. Now, according to the Ramam, the primary form of kiddush Hashem is uh, is killing, is allowing yourself to be killed rather than violate. Um, certain major halachos or certain halachos in different contexts. We're not going to go into that right now. The secondary form of kiddush Hashem is doing a mitzvah lishma, doing a mitzvah that is not for any worldly motive, but only doing it out of love of God. And then the third type of kiddush Hashem is the one that's most familiar to people, which is to create a good impression, okay? But this is not something that applies to all people equally. This applies to each person in accordance with their level of perfection uh, and in the eyes of society. So, he talks about someone who—he introduces the halachos by talking about—by uh, mentioning that it's about someone who is known for their piety and has a reputation and a stature uh, and is already viewed that way. So we're not talking about a common individual. We're talking about a—I a, a, guess what Seneca would call a sage, and in fact, the Ramam uses the word chacham. So the Rambam writes. Likewise, if the Chacham, if the wise man, is careful regarding himself and speaks pleasantly with people, and his personality gets along with them, and he greets them cheerfully and does not insult back when insulted, honors even those people who treat him lightly, does business in good faith, does not prolong meals and sessions with the masses, and is only ever seen continually involved in Torah, wrapped in tshitsis, crowned in t- with tefillin, and does all his actions beyond the letter of the law, provided he does not distance himself excessively and does not make himself desolate. And he does this to the point where everyone praises him, loves him, and desires to emulate his actions. Such an individual has sanctified the name, the name of God. And about him, the verse states, he has said to me, you are my servant Israel in whom I take glory. And that's from Yeshayahu 49.3, Isaiah uh, 49.3. So there, the Ramam also mentions a certain mean, that on the one hand, he is going above and beyond the letter of the law in his ethics and his conduct and his sociability, uh, but not mingling overly much with the masses, but also not distancing himself from them. And the the ultimate standard is the point where they they love him and desire to emulate his actions. So that person is Kiddush es Hashem. That person has sanctified God's name, uh, which is funny because Seneca put this in terms of uh, the name of philosophy, of Kiddush Hashem, Kiddush Hashem uh, Hastoicism, I guess. Uh, the Rama was putting it in terms of Kiddush Hashem, Hashem sanctifying God's name. So that's on the one hand, and yet there is another halacha in Hilchos Deus, in the Laws of Character Traits, uh, chapter 5, halacha uh, Aleph, the first halacha, where he's writing about the conduct of a chacham, the conduct of, of a wise man, and he says... Just as a wise man is distinguished in his wisdom and character traits and is differentiated from the rest of the people, so too he needs to be differentiated in his actions, in his eating and drinking, in his sexual intercourse, and in the manner in which he uses the bathroom, in his speech, in his manner of walking, in his clothing, in the content of his words, and in his business dealings. All of these actions must be refined and perfected to a very high degree. So what's interesting is that although most of the things he lists here are behavior he does say that there is a uh, that there should be a difference in the in the chacham's clothing, and this is something that has been practiced throughout the ages, transculturally within Judaism, of sages wearing a different garment, whether it be in the olden days where only the talmid chachamim, only the Torah scholars, would cover their head on a regular basis, or in certain other societies, then they would. Uh, excuse me. Where uh, you know different kind of robe or turban or whatever. Uh, I guess nowadays I hesitate to say nowadays, but I guess in the in the era of the Rosh Yeshiva, it was common for the 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 great Torah scholars to wear black and white or a hat, you know, a different kind of hat. But now that's become commonplace. So it is interesting that uh, that on the one hand, there's this idea of of guarding against uh, making yourself excessively different and being ostentatious, just like, like Seneca said. But on the other hand, there it, it, the difference in the Kohanim... Sorry, <laughs> I slipped because I'm thinking of what I wanted to talk about in tomorrow's episode. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just talk about that now, for starters, is that you look at the Kohanim, you look at what what's the subject of this week's Parsha, of the Kohanim in the base of Mikdash would wear garments that would be for splendor and... And 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 majesty and awe and, and and make people in awe of them, and they would have to look physically perfected. So, uh, okay, you know maybe this should be a different episode. Let's just stick to the Ramah for now. Uh, I'm not going to edit this out. But uh, but on, on the surface, it seems like Judaism and Stoicism are pretty much in agreement with this. Obviously, having a Kiddush Shem Hashem, sanctifying God's name, is different than sanctifying the name of philosophy. But it's the same basic idea: is that we hold that this value system is true and good, and and we want people to admire it and we want people to admire those who practice it so we have to calculate our actions in ways that don't repel them and uh, and invite them to emulate us us being the, each of us on a, in, in accordance with our level of perfection Okay, that is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Link is in the description. Help us celebrate our 100th episode by uh, becoming a patron if you're not already a patron. Thank you to uh, those of you who have responded to the survey. I'm going to include the survey in the uh, show notes uh, for the rest of the week. Uh, thank you to my listeners for listening and thank you to my patrons for making, uh, sorry, for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.